key deep. Real talk, real audit. Hey y'all, welcome to this episode with Sam Tompkins. Sam is a 25-year-old singer-songwriter from the UK who started making music on his 16th birthday when he lost a bet and had to busk on the streets of Brighton. I would say his music is on the spectrum of alternative pop rock, but go ahead and choose for yourself. Sit by Talking to them. Why is everything so hopeless? Everybody's lost control. I don't wanna lose it all. I met Sam a little over a month ago. He was on his first promoter around Europe, so I felt like he was really excited to travel, meeting his fans and getting an idea of how tour life could look like for him. And because of that spirit, we had a really easygoing and fun conversation where he told me, for example, why Diana Ross may have seen him fully passed out drunk, but started his journey to writing really intimate songs and why it might even take years before we get to hear his very first album. As always, if you like this podcast, give it a thumbs up, subscribe and leave a comment. That would help so much. But for now, let's get started. Low-key deep. Golden abuse with Cassandra. Sam Tompkins. Yes. Hi. Thank Hello. you for being here. Yeah, no How worries. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. This is my first uh, interview on the radio in uh, another country other than the UK. So that's I'm the good. first one. You're the first. Maybe yeah. you're always going to remember me now. I'm Cassandra. <laughs> Don't worry. I remember your name. No. How's the day been so far? It's been good. I had breakfast. I had a croissant. Oh, so a croissant? I'm feeling very, very uh, continental right now. Is that your go-to um, breakfast when you're out of country? Uh, weirdly enough, it was. Uh, I always put stuff in my croissant, like a like ham and cheese, or I have a pan of chocolat, or something like that. Mm, fancy. But today was the first time in my life I'd ever had nothing else in it. Genuinely, how does it feel? Does it feel awkward? Well, first of all, first of all, what I will say about the croissant is that um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be so flavoursome on its on its own. So it was good. Yeah, it was nice. I quite enjoyed it. But basically, I'm singing later. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have to eat plain foods when I sing because uh, otherwise... Because my, of the dairy, right? The dairy or, you know, I can't drink fizzy drinks. Like, I can't have, like, ca caffeine or anything like that. I didn't even know that. You're the first yeah. one telling me that. And I've interviewed some musicians. Yeah. You're really well, taking this serious. Yeah, I do. I do. And sometimes it's quite hard to be... I think it's probably quite hard to be my manager because I'm like... I need something real plain. It can't be, <laughs> it has to be totally inoffensive. Um, but no, it's, oh, it's fine. We work Is it hard to restrict it. yourself on these things? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. What I, are you craving most? I just really want cheese. Like I want to be able to eat cheese. Yeah. Like I want to be able to like just go for lunch and get a pizza or yeah. even just pasta with a bit of cheese on the top. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Yeah. Can't really have spicy foods. Can't even have spicy foods like like because all of it is quite offensive to the vocal cord, and I think I perhaps have quite a fragile one, yeah. sensitive one. So I just try and keep. But is that also it. the first thing you do after you get off from oh stage, my like, like munching on the binging? On the 
<laughs> the binging that happens after I've come off stage is quite it's quite disgusting actually. I'll I'll do everything. Where do you start and where um, do you stop? Well, I don't know what I can really mention on, on the radio. You but, can. Um can I uh, anyway, I'll have I'll have a drink after a show. You can swear here, you can talk about alcohol, you can fuck off. You can do whatever no way, you want that's to. Fucking class. Let's go. I love Germany. No, um, so um, yeah, so I'll have a, so I'll have a, amazing. I will get <laughs> opportunities. I, I'll have a drink and then I will uh, have a cigarette. Is yeah. that what I'm saying? Of course. Wow, yeah. wow, <laughs> Europe, Europe, guys. Uh, yeah, so I can have. Um, yes, I have. I'll have an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. My new favorite is whiskey. Uh huh. Sophisticated, yeah. sir. I'm, I'm a bit of a distinguished gentleman. I'll say that. And uh, then I have. Um, I'll have a cigarette. That's like the first thing I do. Sometimes it's already rolled up for me when I get off stage. It's class. <laughs> Someone's just handing yeah, it to yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, um, and then I'll have maybe I'll have a a burger or fries mm-hmm. or but mainly if I can I'll have pizza after yeah. a show. But it is hard because normally when they finish it's really late. But I had a show in London recently and uh, me and my girlfriend went and got uh, Domino's. <laughs> and it was something I'd been talking about all week. I was like, oh, I'm going to get a Domino's as soon as that show's over. And like after a show, like in London as well, like I have to speak to loads of people. And I was like, I was thinking like, I was like, I'm really enjoying this. Oh, my mum's here. That's nice. And I was like, I want that pizza. I'm not going to lie. And then I sort of, I, I don't even think I said goodbye to my manager. I just, I just chipped off. I left and I went, and I went to, uh, I went to Domino's and then we had it at the hotel and it was, it was really quiet. It was hot. It was hot. Out of body experience. Yeah, it was hot. <laughs> it was hot. What's your go-to pizza? Um, hot and spicy, actually. Mm-hmm. I like, from Domino's, I I consider Domino's quite a, a strange uh, idea of what pizza is. I don't know if it's. It's, it's not a, really Italian. You can't no, say no, that. It's, it's just so. But like, if I'm just going for a normal pizza, uh-huh. I think. I think I'm a. Yeah, I think I'm a spicy guy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it must be really tough then when mm. you like spice so much or when you like it spicy mm. that much, you're restricted. When you have like a show, how many hours before that you have to start to restrict? So uh, alcohol. Yeah. Um, my, This is funny. Me and my manager were talking about this this morning. Yeah. Um, Alcohol is uh, at least 24 hours before. Oh. At least 24 hours before. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and cheese, I can eat it until I go to sleep the night before, uh-huh. but on the day, nothing. Okay. And spice, uh, spice. And another one is cold, cold refrigerated water. <laughs> Can't have cold refrigerated water. With it has gas to be, in it. Has, no, it has to be room temperature. Yeah. Um, sparkling or no sparkling doesn't matter, but it has to be room temperature. Otherwise, I can't drink it because it, it's, it's really interesting. You should look it up. It's like the amount of stuff that is actually quite offensive to your vocal cords is actually insane. But I um, would say most stuff um, other than alcohol is like, just don't do it on the day. Yeah. And you'll be fine. That's really crazy. But Seriously, alcohol, I'm going to look it. it up. Yeah. Smoking, I won't do until after the show. But alcohol on your on your voice or also on your like, you'd just be, f- I don't know, oh, foggy I mean, all the yeah, time? I'd be absolutely fucked. If I, if I, <laughs> if I um, drank, if I, if I drank alcohol, I think there's one time I was drunk on stage and we were in Switzerland. And um, it, luckily it wasn't like an actual show of mine. It was like at this festival called the Montreux Jazz Festival. Uh-huh. And um, after the shows every night, they have these jam sessions and they have like a house band that are playing. 
and um and uh and like i decided because i was absolutely smashed and i was so smashed that actually afterwards i fell asleep in the after party on the grass and my manager paid my guitarist what was it 50 euros 50 euros to stand by instead of taking me to my room He paid him 50 euros to just stand there like a bodyguard around me whilst I slept. He literally exchanged currency, foreign currency, with my guitarist whilst I was literally asleep. There's pictures. There's yeah, actual course. evidence of it this happening. It was an investment And for the pictures. No, anyway, I'll get to what I was originally wanting. There's, there, is, there is a point of that. Basically, Diana Ross was playing the same night as me. So there is a, there is a small chance... <laughs> That I was asleep, my manager was somewhere else, I was asleep and my guitarist was like this, standing there with 50 euros in his pocket and Diana Ross maybe or maybe not had to step over my basically passed out body. So, I bet she Googled you afterwards, she knows your right. name, she knows yeah. who you are and oh what, are you, what are you doing. I might have even spoken to her, yeah. who knows? Yeah, nobody Who knows? knows? Um, but yeah, the, the, I, basically I, I, the, that jam session was happening yeah. and I was smashed And um, I decided I was going to do it. And then my manager was like, you should sing You Remind Me by Usher. And um, everyone was sat down in their seats. And I was so drunk. I was like, everybody put your hands up. And everyone was just sat down like this, like hands up in the air. You can't see this on the radio, but like, hands up in the air. Like everyone was like, this is, what, what is he doing? But I was absolutely smashed. And it's something, if I could do it, I would do that every night. That was like the most fun I've ever had on stage. <laughs> Genuinely. Your poor buddy, though. Yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> I, I did fall asleep straight after. Yeah, but it also sounded like you had a lot of fun that night. Yes, it was good. It's one of the more fun ones. What else could you wish for? So not much more. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, congratulations to your massive success, of course, but also. Um, I saw on your Instagram story that you purchased your first Gucci sunglasses. Come on, come on. Yeah, no. Congrats, actually, sir. And I was you. like, I really was like, I read it in the subway on my way to work here. Mm -hmm. And I was, I read it and I was like grinning like a dummy because it felt so sweet and genuine that oh, you were really like happy about it. And also it wasn't an impulse buy, right? It wasn't an impulse purchase. It, it was a little it bit. Was? It was. It was. It was more my my, man, my manager just turned to me and was like, "You haven't, you haven't bought Gucci's before." And then I thought, I haven't ever bought any designer gear on my own with my own money. Yeah. Like before, like I hadn't hadn't used my money. I'd been given stuff, and I've uh, borrowed stuff. I've uh, worn stuff on shoots and given it back, but I've never actually gone used my own money and 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 that's being bought do you know what i mean like yeah. it was actually quite cool but why didn't you before i'm not really like a uh i like i like i th i think in life like i'm not really like a uh materialistic person like i like i like the idea of like treating yourself and having nice things but i've never i've never considered myself wealthy enough to to one do that but also um I never really uh, had the feeling to want to do that. I just, I, li I like, I like brands that are affordable. Mm. Um, and that's not even a, a conscious decision to make myself look like more humane to other people. Like I, I like, if I'm honest, like if I could, I'd just go and buy, I, if, I, if, I, if I had the energy and I, and like, I wanted to that much, I'd go out and buy those designer stuff. But I don't think I need to do that. I, th I like, I like, um, 
I like the stuff that I like. I don't like going like uh, um, going out for expensive meals. Like my manager will te- will like be, will be somewhere on a I don't know. We'll be away somewhere, and he'll he'll, he'll turn to me and be like, "Oh, what do you want for dinner tonight?" I'm like, "Absolutely nothing posh," because I won't like it. Mm. But I remember we went to New York once, and um, do you know what a chicken Kiev is? No, what's that? So a chicken Kiev is a bog standard like thing that we have in Brit- Britain. Um, what would you explain it as? It's like chicken bread cr- breadcrumb chicken uh-huh. uh, with like with a bit of garlic in the middle, Ooh, garlic okay. but garlic butter in the middle. And it's like quite famous. It's quite famous that you can just buy frozen ones from like grocery stores yeah. and stuff in in the UK. And um, basically, we were in this restaurant in New York. And by the way, they're about uh, three quid. Like they're okay. and you can get really multi multi pack like three pounds. You get nice. and they're, they're they're nice. But you chuck them in the oven, they're done in twenty five minutes, something yeah. like that. We went to a um, <laughs> we went to a, a place in New York, and I looked at the menu and thought, oh fuck, this is. No, I'm out of my depth. I'm not going to like any of this stuff. <laughs> and my manager had like heart eyes out of his eyes. He's like, oh, look at all this amazing food, Oysters. Sam. Oh, wow. And, all, and like, and um, it was one of the first times I was, I was going out with a, I was going for a meal with, I think with a, a label that wanted to sign me at the time. Yeah. And it was on them. Um, so, um, so Nim was, Nim, my manager was like, oh, you better take advantage of this. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do that because all of this looks shite. Don't want it. Um, and uh, basically, <clears throat> what happened was uh, I saw this uh, description in a very it was it was it was described in a very like I th- without I have no other words but uh, just like in the most like pretentious way possible it was very like <laughs> it was saying like um, cutlet of chicken uh, wrapped in uh, you know what I mean like it was like <laughs> ridiculous yeah. and the thought of and a touch yeah, of yeah okay. yeah exactly and it was a fucking chicken Kiev <laughs> it came out it came out and it was a chicken Kiev on um, spaghetti with pesto and I think my, I was thinking at home and I was eating it I was like my mum makes a fucking better one than this and it was $90 I was like and I was like oh, good thing I'm not paying for this because that's ridiculous and I think since then I don't think my manager's taken me anywhere since because I was like because you don't you appreciate see, it I, you can say that but I think it's just bollocks I think it's all bollocks to be honest it all comes out the same way that's what I'll say that's what I'll say but but still you treat yourself with food but soul food yeah 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 I just like stuff that's like not too difficult just like why do you have to why do you have to make everything so annoyingly like no I'll tell you what I really respect like people who who are really into food like Mm. that's really cool like good for you i just i just don't get i just don't get the whole thing like the the whole uh premise of like we should go out and like be in a place with loads of ambience and everyone's talking really loudly and all you can hear is like cutlery smashing on each other (laughs) i just don't want that i just want to be able I, i like to go out and be able to hear my girlfriend when she's talking to me or hear my mate when when he's talking to me do you know what i mean mm. and uh, that stems from yeah i just don't i i've never liked the um i don't know if it's called like the the high life like i don't enjoy or like that's not something that i particularly care for i i i, I understand and appreciate why i guess some people would but for me i don't think i'm cut out for that because that's just not how i've ever been like i don't i don't spend loads of money on things like i can spend lots of money for sure, I could definitely do that, and I'm, I'm sure I have. But 
it's on stuff that means nothing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what what, like do, what my, my, means nothing? Like, my manager's in charge of my funds. I probably shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> my, but my, man, my manager's... My, my manager, um, if he's not in charge, like, we... He, he, but, like, I need someone to look after my money for me because I can sometimes be a bit silly. So does just, he give you a monthly pocket money and... I, I give myself that. Yeah. I give myself a, a salary. Um, I pay myself a salary, which is pretty interesting, actually. When I think about it now, but um, you could ask yourself for a raise if you. Yeah, I could, I could, <laughs> but no, that no. The the point is, um, with with that, um, I um find myself, um, how do I explain it? Basically, uh, if you were to look at my bank statement, the stuff that I decide to spend my money on <laughs> is like it's all worth like five six pounds a pop, yeah. And then, but eventually it just but comes, it sums up. It goes up and up. But I don't, but like, I don't spend loads of money on, I would never, I'm, I'm a bit tight. So if I saw like a, a, like a jumper that was really nice and I'm like, this is really nice, but it was like 400 quid. Even if I could in some way afford that, I wouldn't go and do that. because I, I look at that and objectively think that's ridiculous. Like, well, you don't need to pay that How much How did money. you decide on the glasses then? The glasses was really, the, was really just <laughs> to prove, was, was, because uh, I, I have always wanted a nice pair of um, sunglasses. Last year, my manager bought some really cool Prada ones. And I remember looking at them and thinking, they're, they're pretty fucking sick, to be uh-huh. fair. Like, I, I will admit that. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've had my eyes on it. And, um, and uh, my, my manager just turned to me and was like, you should, you should do that. You okay. should, you should have a little look in Gucci. And we decided to do it. And it was impulsively in the moment, but it's not something that I'd, it, it was, I think it was something I had to do for myself was like buy myself something nice because yeah. uh, it's nice to treat yourself. Yeah, and I think it made me realize that it's actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's not um, as self-indulgent as it, it maybe um, looks. Because when you get it, you, you're like, oh, this is cool. And I'm going to really look after this thing because mm. I worked really hard for it, yeah. you know? So. How long did it take you to decide on the, on the, on the glasses? Yeah. So, uh, 10 minutes. Okay. Ten, five, ten minutes. That's like, pretty quick. There was, it was, it was in the airport though, so I think the selection was slightly. They didn't have a massive selection. Okay. But maybe one day, in, and I said on the post like, maybe mm-hmm. in another twenty-five years, I'll go buy another pair. I want to see them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, your career started because of a bet, right? And the guys that dared you to do the bets, are you still friends with them? Oh, the oh the Basque. Yeah. Oh, the Basque. Um. So. Weirdly, I, I think I've lost touch with, with those people, um, sadly. However, on that day that that happened, I think, it was just before I was going to a new school, essentially. Uh. And, like, we lost touch, and I think we had different interests. I still would, it, I still, like, occasionally speak to those people, but not, we're not, like, super close. But I think that's what okay. happens in life sometimes. Yeah, of course. But they didn't reach out to you nowadays. Oh, no, some, no, so, uh, no, some uh, one of them did. One of them has. And um, I think he's come to a couple of shows actually, which Yay. is pretty nice. Yeah. Did you know beforehand? Uh, no, I didn't. I knew afterwards. Okay, cool. it must have been exciting to yeah. see him then. Yeah, it was because he's responsible also for yeah, your career. Yeah, he, right? he is. He is literally. Yeah, I should probably give him a cut. <laughs> oh, I should probably give okay. him a percentage. Oh, and my manager doesn't seem too happy about that. <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking, I'm when did you get into songwriting, though? Um, so songwriting came well. You could say that I was songwriting a little bit before that, maybe, but I wouldn't say so because the lyrics were really bad. <laughs> so, what um, was your first song? Can you still remember it? 
Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. No, no I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I won't do it. You can't. You literally can pay me enough money to do it. Oh, but I will be honest and say that I do remember it. Okay, cool. Um, it was called Struck. 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 So it must have been about love, perhaps, uh-huh. or about lightning. Also a possibility, but probably less. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I don't, actually, I couldn't tell you if it was either one of them. I don't know if I knew what it, what it was. <laughs> I think I like the word. <laughs> Did you sing it to somebody? No, but I put it on Facebook and um, I couldn't play the guitar. And I just was, I was playing the, you know how you see like <laughs> maybe four year old children would pick yeah. up the guitar and just start going like that. But like not playing chords. Yeah. I was doing that at 15. <laughs> I was doing that at 15 and, po- and, and willingly posting it on Facebook for everyone to see. What I think was the response? I, I went in. Uh, to my mum's room the next day to speak to her and I honestly and I remember this she won't remember this she's like I saw your video that you dropped on Facebook yesterday <laughs> like with a smile on her face and I was like you fucker you're actually taking the piss out of me aren't you and I was so embarrassed that I went into the other room but I remember maybe she was proud no, of you no she fucking wasn't she was embarrassed I would be oh, and it, she had like a smile she was like I saw your I saw the video that you that you posted on Facebook last night. I was like, Mom, that's savage. You violate her. Like, you clearly take the piss. Um, she wasn't proud. Um, she was the opposite. However, um, after I was six, when I was 16, I was listening to the Ed Sheeran Plus album a lot. And that was when I was starting to busk. And I was probably singing most of the songs from that album when I was busking. And I couldn't play the guitar then. So I used to sing on the street just without an amplifier or anything. I'd just sing with my hat on the floor. <clears throat> And um, it got to a point where I was like, well, I need to learn the guitar. So I started learning the guitar and I was very bad. Uh, But I learned the chords and stuff, the main chords that I needed to learn. And I got better at strumming and stuff. It took me a while. Uh, And then I think once I learned the chords, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to like start writing. And I think I was, I was writing from 16. I was talking about this actually last night, but I was, I think... I was 20 when I wrote a song that I actually was like, oh, this is good. Mm. Objectively, this is a good song. This is a nice song. Like, I like this song. I think most people would listen to this and be like, this isn't shit. Like, it's not bad, you know? Yeah. Um, which is actually an extremely long time to be writing songs. Um, I was always way too embarrassed to show people my music until this point, unless I, like, really trusted them. And then I wrote this song, and it's called You Broke My Heart So Gently. And um, it became my first release on a major label when I signed to Ireland back in 2019. Who was the first person you showed that song to? Uh, I guess it would be, it would have been you, wouldn't it, Nim? Yeah, I would, because uh, me, Nim was my man. He, he, some for some reason, Nim decided to manage me, even though my songs were shite before this time. <laughs> uh, there was a couple. There was a couple of good ones that I released, but that I think in terms of. There, I think You Broke My Heart's Jenny was the first time I, I wrote a song and was like genuinely really proud of it. Like I was like, wow, I've sat here. For, and it was and it only took me like 40 minutes to write it. It was a really oh, wow. quick song. But that is, as I've realized since, is the, is the key is like, like when you have a song, it's good. It writes itself. Like it just comes out really yeah. quick. And um, I wrote that and um, the rest is history, I guess. But um, yeah, it took me a long time to... To write, and but I was saying this last night. I think the coolest thing about writing, 
in music as opposed to all the other talents that come with music. Um, like I think even learning instruments, like there's a natural knack to it. You must like, I'm, I don't think I have that. I think I, I'm quite an unnatural guitarist, but some people are just, <laughs> they just live it and they're amazing. And vocals, like some people just are naturally born with a good tone. And, um, you wouldn't say that about yourself. Um, I think I was, no, I think I was lucky to have, yeah. like, be, have a good tone, but I didn't know how to use my voice for a long time. Like, I think I was about 20 uh, again when I, 1920, when I started actually being like thinking that I was actually decent. Like, I knew that I was good, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because before I was like, no, I'm not sure. um, I think, no, I th actually, I think I always had a confidence that I was talented. And I think that's what's been able to shoot me up. It's not something that I've ever, like, uh, ever really doubted too much is that but I think it was because I've always been so naive that I think I can just do what I want it just kind of <laughs> sort of sort of worked out quite quite well for me but um I think it's that sort of childlike innocence of like oh nothing will really go wrong I'll be all right yeah and it's I think it's I've just played my cards right and been lucky do you know what I mean yeah um but um with songwriting it's one of those things that you can be shit at so bad that when you go into your mum's room after you post a song she's laughing at you she's literally holding in probably holding in tears of laughter at her own son and then to now i go in and now my mum will cry if i send her a song she'll yeah. be like that's beautiful yeah. you know when i sent my mum my latest song lose it all um she was she told me she cried she was like oh that is wonderful blah 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 like it was really nice la, 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 all this nice stuff and I was thinking now now I'm thinking I was like mum you hated that first song of mine <laughs> <laughs> she won't I don't even think she'll even remember that oh, that's like a memory I've unlocked right right now like I, I remember it but that. it's nothing I've brought up but I remember literally I remember going into that room and my mum going <laughs> I saw that I saw that post you put up you know? I'm like you little scallywag mum that's so savage but, yeah. but but even I noticed the development from listening to your earlier songs to um, now your most recent <coughs> song that you really developed um, your vulnerability or openness in your in your songwriting is the time that has passed since then is that also time that you needed to be open like that in songs? Uh, yeah, I think what happened was, and, and the reason I, I liked You Broke My Heart so gently was, um, is that was the first song I came out and I was like, oh, that's what I, I need to do. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, that's really from the heart. It was very vulnerable. And the first time I had, I felt I had truly been and I wrote everything that I was feeling at the time. And I was like, why am I not doing this every time? Because it actually made me feel really good about all the things that were making me sad. So I was like, oh, I should just do this. It was like therapy, really. Mm. And I think over time, like I, 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 as with everyone, lots of I've had I've had my fair share of trauma and my fair share of stuff that's set me back um, time on my mental health and stuff like that. And I also felt when I was writing this stuff, I was like, why don't I why isn't there already a song that makes me feel like this? And I, I feel like men a lot of the time don't do that. They're like they hide, they hide their emotions a lot, and I think that's. I decided that was what I wanted to do and be. <coughs> so, But how did you go there? Because it's so stigmatized, especially for men, to not talk about the feelings and not talk about like kind of like I don't know stigmatized girly <coughs> stuff like marriage or mm. wanting to be in love <coughs> or something like that. Yeah, I think um, 
I think that's really my dad's um, doing. To be fair, um, I always didn't. I I um I I don't really struggle with letting people know my emotions. Like I'm quite open. I'm quite. If you want to know how I'm feeling, I'm quite. I'm quite open to talk about it with anyone, really. Um, and that's just because my my um my uh, of my dad. I guess my dad was like the sort of man that used to tell me he loved me lots and. And we'd hug and we'd spend lots of time together and we'd, you know, he'd, he'd kiss me on the cheek goodnight before I go to bed and stuff like that. And um, I think that was really important for me. And now, I, also, my older brother's the same. He's he's quite open with his emotions and we'll talk and stuff. And I think that's really nice. But me and my dad were very close. And also, my dad had his fair share of mental health struggles himself. And I think um, knowing about that growing up really helped me as I got older, but mm. I think, and also my mum was just really sensitive and, but I think in terms of being a man and showing emotion, my dad was very like, would openly tell me he, he loved me. And a lot of people I meet along, along my way in my life didn't have that. I was very lucky to have a dad that would just be like, I love you. And, um, do you know, and just little things like he, he would say he's proud of me and he would, he would constantly tell me I was intelligent and, Lots of nice things. I was very lucky. Sounds really healthy, also. Yeah, there was. It, I mean, I mean, as I say, fair share. There's been a fair share of. Uh, I've had my fair share of traumas, and but like in the early years of my life, my dad was just wonderful. Mm. So. With to the moon being such a <coughs> massive, massive success, what, were you excited or was it overwhelming? Um, when to the moon came out, I will say this. I uh, I was very surprised at how how big it became. Um, however, um, I think I've worked so hard for so long, uh, and um, when that came out, I was like, I was at a point I think with my career where I was like, I just want I just want there to be proof that I like I'm going in the right direction, and that was like what I needed to be like, okay, cool. It wasn't a, it wasn't my own like I was it was a cover of Talking to the Moon by Bruno Mars and I think it put the battery in my back to be like I need to write a song that good and it needs to be on my own back and I need to release it and now that's why I'm doing what I'm doing but I I I owe so much to that um, cover that I did yeah. and um, it's taken me to places I never thought I'd be able, be able to go and um, now it's yeah it's now I'm writing songs. And I'm just also I'm just because of how that resonated with people, the, both the cover and the and the the drill song mm. of uh, Junior Choi. Um, because of that, um, it's made me realise what people want from me, and it's I guess I guess it's like uh, really showing my vocal, and yeah. I guess that's what I'm now trying to do a bit more. It's like really go down the I'm I yeah show because I think for a long time I wanted to prove myself as a songwriter. I think. Because that's something I think that's for me. Um, I, I I want people to know that I'm like an intelligent, thoughtful person. That's one thing I really want from people to know from me. And I think I can really showcase that from my songwriting. But now it's like, okay, so I can do that. But I also need to show that I can sing well. And now I'm trying to do basically do both, which is difficult. It's something I'm learning to do constantly every day. Yeah. But we're getting there. So yeah. yeah, because one thing I thought about was. Is it maybe also in some kind of sense challenging for you to be um, known for that song because the the um, music or the style you do usually 
is kind of different from from that one. So mm -hmm. is is that a little challenging for you at all? Well, um, I would I would say normally for in a normal situation with a diff different artist, I think maybe it would be difficult. But for me, I grew up um, going to open mics, uh, like like hip hop, like open mics growing up from like 16 to 18 every weekend. I'd travel to London from um, Eastbourne where I was living and I'd go there, it'd be like a two hour journey. I'd go there every weekend and I'd do an open mic in that space because no, I don't think anyone really appreciated my voice other than that, that space, that particular community and space. And I think they really understood what I was doing and they praised me for it more so than if I went to some random um, open mic in a pub in the countryside where I was from. I decided to go into the... And I think because of, because of that, I've always grown artistically around that area in music and um, that space and always loved it so much growing up. Um, that I think when I was put into this situation with this song, I think a lot of people that had known me for a long time didn't find it surprising that I would, my voice had been made its way onto a record that's that's of that genre. And also anyone that knows my music um, and my voice knows that I take a lot of inspiration from music of that of that nature as well. And, and um, I've never shied away from that. And I love um, I love paying homage to that that culture so much. Like it's so important and deeply embedded into. Um, the music that I make and, and also the music that I love, like the, the stuff that gets me through hard times, like my favorite, I was just saying, um, I think my favorite album of all time is, um, the good kid, mad city, um, album by Kendrick. Mm. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that my music reflects that that's what my favorite song is, but, um, that's, that is one of the best, but if you really look into it, like that is one of the best storytelling albums of all time, in my opinion. Like it tells the most amazing story of a of a night in um, uh, a night in an inner city, and um, <clears throat> and like I would like to pride myself as a as a, as a storytelling uh, lyricist. So in a in in a way, there is something there. That's what I like to listen to from from Kendrick. And now I make music like this. So. When my when my voice is on something like that, I think it make it makes at least it makes sense to me. I don't feel too too pressured by that situation. I don't. I wouldn't be like, oh, I hope people don't, you know, because I'm like, yeah. I, I I I love this kind of music, so it makes sense. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. I'm um, talking about albums. I heard <laughs> you say in an interview that social media made you like so, not numb, but your attention span so short that you're not even able to sitting through listening a whole entire album anymore yeah I, I i do i do struggle i do struggle i was again i think i was talking about this just in the car as well but um what i've started doing um to combat that is like taking time out what may, when i'm like driving somewhere or flying somewhere to find an artist that i like and listen to an album because like, when i was growing up that's all i did as i bought cds and i'd go and listen to them but because of spotify and with playlists and stuff I feel like the album concept has been lost a lot. Mm -hmm. And I and I, I think being so focused on my own music, I don't know if I'm like part of any core fan base of another artist that I would listen to their album other than maybe um, 
Drake, I love I love listening to his albums when they drop. Justin Bieber's albums, I really like listening to. I think when Kid Leroy, I, I like pop music a lot. Mm-hmm. I think when um, Kid Leroy drops his next album, I'll be all over that. And um, I'm really excited. I haven't listened to the Taylor album yet, but I'm really excited to listen to that. Everyone's talking about that. I think I need to listen to that. And um, there's a couple of good songwriters at the moment. I really like uh, Lizzie McAlpine. I think she's really good. And yeah, lo- lots of other artists. But um, I'm slowly taking in um, albums more. But that's, I don't think that's really because I'm, I think I'm one of millions of people who don't do that anymore. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I see I th- that in myself as well. Yeah, it's really sad. Like I find it really, I, I, especially as an artist yeah. who aspires to make an album one yeah. day and want people to listen to it. I, I find that quite challenging, like the concept of that. But I do know a lot of people will go listen, but yeah. it's just one of those things, you know. But that was the the question I was wondering about. I was wondering... Why would you, if you see that in yourself and also see that in other people, do you think the con- the concept of making an album is outdated? Maybe. No, I don't think I. I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want to. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I think. I think. I think actually, Taylor has proved that wrong this week. Like she's she broke Spotify basically mm. for the first time ever. I think. Like, like I think it, it literally shut down for a hot sec when it dropped because so many people wanted to listen to it, which is amazing, which is just insane. Um, and I guess that proves that actually maybe it's not an obsolete concept. I think what it is is that people need to spend more... Um, I think what happens is like um, with artists is that they... Um, I don't know. I don't know if it comes from the ice or it comes from the labels or it comes from the the fans or it comes from anything. But there is this increasing entitlement of demand. Like this needs to come out now. We need an album from this artist now. Otherwise, I'm going to forget about them. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and whether that's whether that's coming from an insecurity in the artist, whether that's coming from the label saying, "Oh, we've got like so many people on this roster. We need to," you know, or if it's the fan of like oh they haven't posted in a while like what's going on with them like and i think people rush because of that the artist then rushes their album and maybe that album's not as good as it could have been if they'd taken a little bit longer for me someone who does this amazingly is um frank ocean Mm. it's it's obvious that people want another frank ocean album like i remember after before the last album the well the blonde album he hasn't released an album since then has he don't think so. That is insane. That was like, how long ago was that? That was like yeah. six years ago, something like that. At least. Like five years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Um, when he was dropping that, that was became a meme. Like now it's Rihanna. Yeah. Now everyone's saying yeah. like, Rihanna sure. needs to drop an album. Yeah. But like people aren't actually going to lose them, are going to lose interest in Rihanna if she doesn't drop. And clearly they haven't. Yeah. She's become, she's probably the most successful she's ever been. And she hasn't released music in fucking ages yeah like i think she'll probably release next year because of this super bowl I hope so. campaign yeah, she's doing yeah i can't imagine but like for me that's a perfect example like you can take ages on an album if if you've built a good core fan base but what you won't do by dropping stuff that's rushed is you won't build a core fan base because people will be like oh this is disingenuous this they haven't mm. they don't really care about this do you know what i mean because they because i think most artists are capable of bringing an amazing album to the table but with all the pressures of um demand and knowing that some people aren't gonna i don't know knowing that some people won't 
I, I don't know, knowing some people won't have the patience to wait for mm. them or feeling like some people won't have the patience. My thing is if, it, if something's good, it will cut through all the noise anyway. Mm-hmm. So even if everyone forgot about you, if you spent five years or it didn't have to be five years, but like spent like three years crafting an album yeah. since your last one and you dropped it and it was to the best you could possibly do, all those people are going to come back because they'll be like, oh, have you heard this song by, yeah. by this guy? Yeah. It's crazy. And that's what I think that's what albums need to be. It's just it needs to be like a really well thought process. Like we're doing this. We we love music. You know what I mean? Like and that's and I, I, I wanna for me, but on my on my debut album, I, I'm I'll take I'll take time. I think I'm I'm at a point where I'm nearly finished with it. But I have oh, been you are. I've been working on it for ages. Like yeah. I there's songs on there that, that are very old. I think when I do the album when I go to the album after that, that might take me some time. Yeah. And I will be I'll happily do that. I, I love that. I love the creative process. And I think I've been able to because I've done this for so long and because of where I've come from and um the music that I make, I know all those people will wait and they'll be patient. And I and I'll be patient because of that. And I won't have that pressure. Especially if I've given them an album already that I know is the all of me, you know. Mm. So think, you you've not given yourself a time frame No. Of releasing your debut album. No, 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 no. I think, I think, um, I think you shouldn't really do that. I think that's a. I think that could be. I think if you rush your de- debut album, like you're in a bit of trouble, mm-hmm. because if you if you ru- if you're to rush your first fully fledged project, that's basically showing you as a prospect as an artist to everyone, going, "This is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I stand for." If you rush that, you've, you're just gonna, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's sad for everything you've worked for prior. Yeah. You should really take, I think artists, I think artists want to take as much pride as they can in, in their work. And I think a lot of the times they do, but I think because of maybe TikTok and people only having attention spans for like 30 second clips mm. now, you're like, people are spending loads of time on like getting that perfect line in that perfect area and then forgetting about the whole rest yeah. of the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. But how do you manage not to overthink it? I think, I think with the process of, well, in regards to overthinking things, I think you can never overthink music. Um, I think you can, I think you can, you can obviously spend loads and loads of time on a record and loads and loads of time. But I think that, What I'm saying is that spending a lot of time on that one line to make that one line make sense so that it does well on TikTok or Instagram or any of the other squillions of apps that we have now. <laughs> like you should use that, you should use that focus on the whole record, even if it takes you ages. Yeah. Because I'm one of those people, I have a, I write with a, a guy called Corey and we wrote um, Lose It All Together. The first time we met, we wrote Lose It All Together. And when we write together, we can spend ages on a song. Like, we can spend ages, like, trying to... Like, we might write the whole song and then and think it's perfect and then go back and go, oh, no, I don't like that line. And Corey's great at it. Like, Corey's probably my favourite songwriter in the world. I think he's amazing. And, I've, and I'm lucky to have watched him do it in real life. Um, and he does this thing where he just... He sits there and he'll just... 
he, he's, oh, I'll be like, I'm ready to move on now. And he's like, no. And he's like, no, we're not doing that. And he'll spend more time on this one line. I'm like, shit, Corey, just chill out. But he loves it. And I, and that, I, that makes me realize, oh, he just wants the best. He doesn't want to put this out if it's not going to, you know what I mean? Mm. And that's what everyone should be like. Everyone should be. And I think a lot of people want to be like that, but feel so much pressure from uh, third parties, like whether that's um, the fans, whether that's um, uh, TikTok or whether that's like the umpteen amount of reasons why an artist feels pressure. Yeah. I think if more artists just looked, looked inwards and were like, I'm a talented person. I will get this right eventually. Eventually being the key word here. Um, everything will be fine. And that's what I think art is. Art is something that you should not be rushed ever. Mm. Um, I can't imagine when, when, uh, when Vincent van Gogh was um, doing the Starry Starry Night painting that he was like, uh, this bit is going to be the bit that people really like. <laughs> so I'm going to spend loads of time on this one particular star in the sky. He's not going to do, he's not going to want to do that. He's going to have been like the whole yeah, and that's why it's lasted. I don't know how many years. Like how many years? A bunch of years. Uh, hundreds of years. I would <laughs> like to say. I think it's hundreds. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's how I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what are you most excited about coming up for you? I think the most exciting thing coming up for me uh, would be both uh, in in my in my personal life is learning more about myself. Uh, learning how to love people and all of that and enjoying life, really enjoying my life and um, every now and then treating myself to things, having a good time. But in my career, I think, um, I think the album, I think I'm most excited about like putting out a project that I've spent ages on. Yeah. Like, and put on loads of work, put in loads of work in and like written from the heart for and having that be received by, whoever wants to listen to it. I think that's the most thing I'm excited about. I don't know when that's going to be, when that project's going to come out and um, whatever. But, come out but hopefully it will come out. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me. That's all right. It was so much fun. Thank you for talking to me and um, and, and thank you for uh, um, talking to me about um, the struggles of uh, not being able to eat cheese before shows. <laughs> Because I feel like it's not something I get to talk about too much. Okay. And anyone I do very talk good. about that with, they get very, they're just like, oh, mate, get over it. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> no, I feel no, like you really cheese. understood and appreciate I really appreciate understand it. that you're suffering. I think that you really yeah. did understand and appreciate the, the, the suffering that I go through every day. <laughs> Low key deep. Golden abuse with Cassandra.